Tennessee Association of School Psychologists podcast, where we discuss issues relevant to school psychologists in Tennessee. Today, we're chatting with Joanna Bivens, Director of School Psychology Services at the Tennessee Department of Education. A quick disclaimer at the top, this is the TASP podcast. Our views do not represent our district. We're just two people who have several microphones and want to help you rock your job in Tennessee. I'm Kate Price, and I'm a school psychologist within Metro Nashville Public Schools. I've lived in Nashville since early 2015. I studied in Memphis and did my internship in Louisiana. And our nerdy tidbit of the day is my favorite test kit is currently the KTEA. I begged embarrassingly for one for for a year, and our departmental secretary hooked me up, and I'm over the moon about it. And I'm Taylor Biondi. I'm also a school psychologist in Metro Nashville. This is my fourth year as a school psych after my training in Delaware. Um, And my favorite test kit is the KABC, although admit I'm still nervous when the kids go to that final section of word order. If you've given the KABC lately, you know what I'm talking about. So it's too much executive functioning needed, I think. My secret confession is I have actually never given the KABC, Taylor. That's okay. I will forgive you for that. We should also give a top of the podcast shout out to our handsome sound engineer who composed and recorded our original intro and outro music and does all of our audio whatevering. So thanks to Bert, my husband. Thank you, Bert. Okay, first, most importantly, Joanna, what is your favorite test kit? I was not prepared for this question. <laughs> this is unfair. Um, you, I don't imagine you've given one for a while. It's been well. It's been almost. It's going on three years now since I've given one, which is a weird feeling mm-hmm. to say yeah. that because that was what I lived and breathed for years. Um, hmm. My favorite test kit for a while it was probably the whisk. Hmm. Um. But I don't know that I would still say that after a while mm-hmm. it's gone by. So it's probably, um, huh, I would probably go with one of the nonverbals just because mm. I enjoyed giving those. Yeah, those are always fun. Bit. Yeah. A little bit of a different thing other than asking the same questions it over is. and over again. Yeah, I like to break out the, the various test kits so that I, I wasn't giving the same thing mm-hmm. all the time. Yes. So... Um, So we'll back up a little bit and let you introduce yourself. Sure. I'm Joanna Bivens. I work for the Department of Education. Um, As as you said before, I'm the Director of School Psychology Services, and actually now they're adding on behavior to that as well. Um, So it'll be School Mm -hmm. Psychology and Behavioral Services. Wow. That's interesting. It's much Or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure of the the final title, Okay, but it will be something like that. Okay. So Mm -hmm. how did you find yourself in that job? Like, what's your kind of general history of how you came to where you are now. All right. Uh, Well, let's see. I was a school psychologist for about eight years in Williamson County Schools um, prior to coming to the state. Um, Before I did that job, um, I went to grad school at MTSU, which was a great program, felt very well trained, did my internship in Anchorage, Alaska, Mm -hmm. um, which was very um, different and challenging, which I I loved it. Prior to going into grad school, I worked for about nine years in the field of um, mental health, residential, behavioral uh, type work. Um, okay. So. Sounds like you've done a little bit of everything in the the psych world. Like yeah, a little bit. Dabbled with the community services and then in schools and then finally with the, like the state. Mm-hmm. So very cool. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, kind of shifting over to your DOE role, yes. uh, what is, um, can you kind of describe what an average day looks like in your job? Well, much like your job, mm-hmm. an average day is never the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a little different than working in the schools. I felt like in the school setting, the average day, you were interrupted by things that occurred on a, on a student level that needed immediate mm-hmm. attention um, or a parent needing something. And that's still somewhat the case. It's just re- you're uh, responding at a more remote level. So uh, I still have folks call in who need support, whether it be families or um, educators that just need some, have questions that have to be answered, but I'm not directly involved with students. Um, my office is in a cubicle setting, so it's a little different than what <laughs> most, most people think about when you think about the Department of Ed. We're all like one big open setting. Um, and when I'm there, a lot of the time, it's a lot of collaboration among folks that I work with, building out training materials um, for folks, reviewing current guidance, making revisions on things, and meeting with with a lot of key, key folks across the division. We're trying very hard to make sure that we um, work with people in, in all settings, so the general education setting as well as um, those that support students in, in other ways, um, the advocacy work, all that all that kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, that said, a good portion of my time was also spent on the road traveling from district to district and region to region. So we do a lot of trainings and professional development for educators and uh, school psychologists, mm-hmm. um, administrators, directors, um, even parents to try to make sure that we're getting some words out to them that they need as well. Um, and then we also work with districts that are struggling, or I do, I should say, with some various things related to the field. Um, so for example, uh, one of the things that I'm in charge of is called Indicator 10, which is part of the federal reporting. Um, there are various what we call indicators, which are measures of, of outcomes and success that of students with disabilities. And Indicator 10 is the disproportionality of students who are identified under certain disability categories. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if there is one race that's more identified than others mm-hmm. in, in specific categories, such as intellectual disability, um, I have to work with that district to see are there some policies, practices, and procedures that might be leading to that disproportionality and help them to try to make some tweaks to what they're doing to to make sure that they're not in some way um, over-identifying or under-identifying mm-hmm. students. Um, so that sounds like it would be very challenging, but also kind of rewarding in the end, too, to yeah. kind of support districts and mm-hmm. kind of see the broad picture of, right. of things. So how long have you been doing this job? This is my, th- I'm going into my third year. Okay. Um, I think it, it all kind of blurs together, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Um but yeah, I think it's my third year. And I would say that's probably the best part of the job. We mm-hmm. all have different things we love about our jobs and things that are challenging about mm-hmm. our jobs. And one of the best things is, is having that broad perspective where you can really see practices across um, a large body of people. Mm-hmm. And the change that you do is 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 more um, systemic, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah. which is very gratifying Yeah, to be able to kind of be in there and the thick of things and to see what's going on and how you can support students and families better. Hmm. Other educators. than your whisk kit, what do you miss oh, most yeah. about a more traditional role? I, I miss working with students mm-hmm. I, I, and that's why I got into the field. Mm-hmm. I loved working with kids. Um, so yeah, those, those were always the, the moments. That's why you do what you do. Um, but again, it's, 
instead of working with with someone directly, you could you get to see the bigger effects. So right. there's trade offs, but that mm-hmm. would probably be the biggest trade off. What's your favorite thing overall? If you if you had to pick one, maybe you're, you can't pick one, but about your role right now. You know, I honestly, I love working with school psychologists and feeling like um, we're becoming more unified as far as um, just hearing one another speak, what everybody's doing across the state, supporting um, that that role. Um, the communities of practice that TASP and I have partnered on um, is one of the things that I enjoy most doing when I'm going out across the state because I get to sit down with folks, hear what they're thinking, see what they're experiencing, um, and, and provide as much support as possible in that in that regards. And I think what has was very humbling about this job is knowing that there are so many other people that are just as skilled as I am. And so really trying to draw those skills out of folks that have those we all have different expertise mm-hmm. in empowering people just to be there for one another and, and provide that support and that technical support that we can for each mm-hmm. other. Um, so I'm just in a role. I, I kind of see this role as more of a serving role mm-hmm. and how I can um, can meet folks' needs as best I can um, and knowing that there are very, very talented and skilled people in the field who can contribute in, in various ways. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my favorite parts about school psychology, mm-hmm. too, is just like it's such a broad field. There's so many different little areas of expertise that people Absolutely. have. So um, like, you know, I, I love working with behavior and that sort of thing. And then there are other people that are just like know everything that there ever could be to know about traumatic brain injury. And then um, there's yeah, like there's just such a huge breadth of knowledge that um, you get when you get to meet a whole bunch of different school psychologists. So mm-hmm. it's cool. Perfect. Should we transition to our next topic? Taylor? Yeah. So I know one of the things that you're working on as part of the, um, from the DOE is the mental health collaborative. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, is that mostly related with the, the department of ed or is that more of a state level, like the state government thing? Or is there any, con- like, does it all kind of blend together anyway? <laughs> <laughs> well, what it is now compared it, compared to where it started, mm-hmm. is a little bit different. Um, it's evolved over time, which is which is really great to see. It kind of started because, um, you know, the, just like in the school system, um, it's very easy to, to almost be siloed into what, mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. And so um, we had been talking amongst various um, folks of us at the, at the Department of Ed about trying to get together and to collaborate on some projects, mm-hmm. um, including the the who was at that point the director of, of school counseling and myself and just trying to figure out how can we support each other in our various roles. Um, and uh, we had s- some social workers approach us about wanting to make sure that we represent them well and mm-hmm. that they feel that they have um, some needs that that school social workers may have, mm-hmm. um, which kind of created more of a dialogue internally. It was good timing for us to sit down and say, you know mm-hmm. what, we we really should be talking about this. And so that led to, to a few of us internally meeting and talking about how can we support the, the roles of school counselors and social workers and school psychologists as a group versus individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were brainstorming on how we could do that, um, we came up with the idea of inviting in the professional association members as well as practicing um, professionals, because we all know that not every member of a board is, mm-hmm. is a practicing member 
um, of the field. And so um, our initial thought was, let's just call everybody in and problem solve what are the needs that people may have Mm -hmm. in regards to this and what are the different roles we all play because we – it's very easy to get into a mindset of I do this and this is my territory. And in reality, we all have a lot of the same common territory. Mm-hmm. And so um, trying to break down those walls a bit. And so we invited in um, the, the various board association members for um, some of the professional associations. And then out of that, around the same time frame is when a lot of the um, – I think countrywide, nationally, a lot of there was a lot of escalation mm-hmm. in regards to school violence, mm-hmm. and so it was the timing. I think we were actually scheduled to meet for the first time um, the week after or the week of the school shooting that took place um, in Parkland. Mm, uh, or was it the Texas one? I mean, that's just quite a frankly, thing. we have to. It was right. February of last one. year. Yeah, I um, think that would be the Florida one. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's what. Yeah, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was the Florida one. Um, and so we, um, it was just the timing of it that, that, you know what, this is such an mm-hmm. immediate need and just so happened to coincide. And, and with that, um, some of the, of those that were working out of the national, the national, uh, social work, um, National Association of Social Workers with mm-hmm. the Tennessee branch of that, um, were, were working with legislators on a bill um, that they ended up writing in the collaborative into that bill. Okay. So long story short, because it was very con- – it's a little bit lengthy, um, they outlined um, within that, that bill that this a collaborative would form and would include certain members, and all those members were the people who were already meeting with us and part of this collaborative. And then they added a couple of others in uh, as well. And that we would meet to talk about the roles and responsibilities of school social workers, school counselors, school psychologists, and nurses related mm-hmm. to the mental health field. So how can what, – what resources are needed? What are their roles and responsibilities? What do they do? Um, so it kind of became formalized mm-hmm. um, – Beyond what I think had originally been thought, which was great. Because of the, the legislative yeah. piece. Okay. Yeah. And so it was finalized and added into law. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really anything that says how frequently we need to meet mm-hmm. um, or um, how many people have to be present from each okay. board association, but it outlines who all the members are. Okay. So, so. it sounds like you and the all the members of the collaborative can kind of define for yourselves what you want it to look like or has there been more guidance yeah the the frequency like how often do you meet or how long each meeting is or Mm -hmm. what you actually do in that meeting Mm -hmm. the requirement is that you that we look at roles and responsibilities and develop resources okay so that's that's pretty much what we're trying to do so that is your like kind of mission goal yeah that's our mission at this point our vision is that we'll help support mental health needs for students across the state but okay through developing out those roles. Okay. Do you have any specific near-term goals that you guys are working on right now? Yes. Yeah, so um, we've we kind of started with the same goal for the entire years, and we're almost we're almost at that place of completion with it. The first part of the requirement from the legislation was that we develop out roles and responsibilities for those mm-hmm. those different professionals' um, roles, and we all know like this, the state's not going to necessarily clarify that, and we're not right. This is not a state collaborative, mm-hmm. quote unquote, or Department of Ed. Department of Ed reps have to be on it, but a collaborative are, are folks who come together and work mm-hmm. on a common problem, right? We're collaboratively mm-hmm. working through this together. Um, and so what we decided to do as a group 
and and I know we kind of let out as facilitating that through the Department of Ed is to say, um, let's let's look at what other places have done to help define out those roles. And there's actually a national group that did the exact same thing. So they mm-hmm. had the National Association of School Psychologists, the National Association of School Counselors, the National Association of Social Workers all come together and talk about what each role is, what their training, what their scope of practice is, and what how they overlap in um, meeting the mental health needs for students. And so we took that same approach and that mm-hmm. same model and decided that we would like to have a document that just kind of outlines um, almost in a Venn diagram. These are what the different roles do. This is how they are unique. And this is how they're, they, this is, these are the commonalities that they all have and related, related to mental health services for students. And so that's what we've been kind of working through is, is coming up with some sort of deliverable to provide out that says, here's some guidance, here's some mm-hmm. ways in which you can use those various roles to meet the needs of students. Here's what they've been trained to do. and, and um, Who do you feel the, the main audience is? Is that like administrators or like superintendents, directors of school, that sort of thing, or just community in general? You know, I, I think at this point it's the community in general. And I think that even goes to the, the practicing professionals, mm. right? So it's not only, I think, in, in, in our immediate thought was um, not even thinking beyond our profession um, when we, when I don't know about you and your school setting, but I've worked in a few different school settings. Um, depending on where I worked, the the chemistry was different among team members. Yeah. So in some places, we had um, very good functioning teams where your school psychologist and your school counselor or school um, school social worker were mm-hmm. all working in tandem and and identifying student needs mm-hmm. and divvying out who does what right. and how you can best support. In others, you might walk into a setting where it's really defined that only this one person does it. And right. there's sometimes some um, almost uh, hesitancy to use the other person mm-hmm. because of not understanding what their training or background is in. Yeah. And so um, let's just start there mm-hmm. and that what are ha- having a common understanding of what we all do so that we mm-hmm. know is this person trained in this area or not. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's so important. I can say that at, you know, I'm in three schools right now. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, the dynamics are totally different in all three buildings. But I feel like the building that I'm most effective in is the building where um, the three of us do work most closely together, the school counselor, the school social worker and me. And I feel like part of what makes it so important that we do is that we all see things so differently Mm -hmm. from the lens of our viewpoint like our discipline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I get like super into the rabbit hole of like, this is how a school psychologist thinks mm-hmm. this is the school social workers there to be like, let's take a step back. Like here are other things to consider or mm-hmm. think about when we're trying to address this. And Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's so important to not get just like you said, kind of stuck in your own little silo there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is, this is cool. I didn't really know all that much about the mental health collaborative. Yeah, well, we, we, I think we're so new and mm-hmm. just starting out working through things and um, it's we're not that far into in, into the weeds with things. But one of the things I found incredibly beneficial, the first, the second meeting we had, um, I we had asked everybody to turn in to us with their national 
Mm-hmm. Scope of practice says that they do. So uh, what does the National Association of School Psychs say as far as practice model for mental health services? Mm-hmm. What are you trained to do as a school psychologist? What can you do? Same thing for school counselors. Same thing for social workers and nurses. So we asked everyone to send that in. And then we took all that information and divvied it up. And um, I had it color-coded and then asked people to, to find where those commonalities are. Mm-hmm. So we cut up – I had them all cut up. We have someone who does all that lovely stuff for us. It's <laughs> wonderful in my office. Um, and they sorted it and had each group, the social workers, the school psychologists, mm-hmm. the school counselors, to look at the commonalities and find which ones overlap and which ones are separate, which ones are different, and then how to map it out. And what we found was – the vast majority of things we do is exactly the same thing right. as far as what we're trained to do. But each group was surprised what the other group had been trained in. Right. Right. And so I think in our in our conversation afterwards, we were talking about what were you surprised about? Mm-hmm. What did you see that this other group could or couldn't do? And that was the biggest, I think, takeaway is, oh, you were trained to do this? I didn't realize this. Or yeah. this is how we differ. I was trained in this and you were trained in this. And mm-hmm. this is, and therefore we differ in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's so needed for us just to break down those walls in between us first mm-hmm. right? and, and absolutely administrators and parents mm-hmm. and everybody else as well to educate them so that they know how to, how, how teams can function. Um, it certainly makes you a lot more powerful and you can do a lot more if you mm-hmm. can kind of let go a little bit and three people can take on mm-hmm. a problem and mm-hmm. address it together versus trying to saddle yourself with it by yourself too mm-hmm. yes and I, I know that there's so many problems to go around that right right there's never going to be so few that really only one person is needed I, I think mm-hmm. it takes a village that that saying and I think it's great to have team members to rely on like you said for different perspectives and I'd even say different expertise definitely so as Taylor mentioned before we all come to the table with different expertise and for some they're not going to feel like mental health is their area mm-hmm so knowing where the strengths and weaknesses are, not only within your training, but also within your personal background and experience. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, as as you talk amongst that group, maybe you're not the strongest to deal with behavior. Maybe you mm-hmm. are the, you do have a good background in this. And mm-hmm. so how can you leverage the strengths that each person brings to the table? And then with that, how can you su- support continued professional development in that mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. so that you know, if you if you want to gain those skills that we're speaking to one another about what the different roles offer, right? Because there may be conferences that as a school psychologist are very valuable to, valuable to me outside of the field of school psychology, right. right? Right. Knowing what the school counselors are doing in their conferences and seeing what things are offered there, same thing for social workers and being able to share knowledge versus to say, we're going to this conference, this is the only one we attend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So do you... Um... Do you know what your next, like, the next couple of things are going to be that you guys are, are doing together? Like, what what's your, what are your goals for the next year? That's a good question, Taylor. We're working <laughs> on that right now to come up with some progressive goals for the next, for the next year. Um, I think we've asked the group really to help start identifying some of those goals because it shouldn't just be department-led. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a collaborative, we want people to speak into that and to be part of that as okay. far as the school psych association, the school counseling association, Mm -hmm. the social workers, the nurses. Um, And so some of the things that have been brought up is finding ways to get awareness out there in general. So, you know, one of the goals is to 
to be able to schedule different events or to go to different events where mm-hmm. where either members of the collaborative or somehow this information is shared out that these are the roles these are these are how we can support one another and then to take that beyond that to find places that have that team model approach mm-hmm. where they they do look more of like a team and to promote that as much as possible so that if if you work in a district where it's not that team approach or I know there are some districts where that's just not even feasible to have mm-hmm. someone act in, in that role in a school level. Uh, for instance, there are some districts where they have one school psych for eight schools. Yeah. Right. Which that was, would be not feasible for that yeah. person to be on that school level at that point. But they can work in different ways. So mm-hmm. it's sharing out the knowledge of how might this work in your area compared to a different um, district. Okay. Um, so that would be one of the main goals. Um, I know that some of the members have talked about potentially garnering the different um, expertise of the group to Mm -hmm. try to do some sort of mental health um, institute or mental health Hmm. joint conference or sessions of some sort that that they could also help um, facilitate. So it's not just coming out of the DOE. It's Mm -hmm. also part of those state associations to say, how can we jointly do something? Since they are just representatives from the board, they're not necessarily moving. They have to go back to their boards and talk yeah. about that and that right. kinds of stuff. But that's one of the suggestions that was brought up for the next year. Um, another one that, that we've talked about, we have one of our members who is organizing the board contacts. And so she uh, would like to create some sort of way that those board contacts can work t- together to share out information between each each of the associations. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if we have the TASP Institute coming up in mm-hmm. the spring, that information can be shared out to that person who can share it out to each of the board members and almost create like an internal committee okay. to where they can say, hey, let your school school counselors, let your social mm-hmm. workers know these are the topics that are going to be addressed in case they would like to attend. Vice versa for social workers and school counselors. We're having this conference on this date. These are things that either you might want to submit a proposal for or Mm -hmm. you might want to attend. Mm -hmm. Um, Here are some resources we have on our site. What resources do you have on your site? And developing out resources in general for both, for all the different groups. So they can share that out and it not just be one association or one discipline Mm -hmm. creating everything, but them jointly doing it. Okay. Hmm. So, um, So the members are primarily... Um, like board representatives from the like state professional associations. It's, it's they're the required members. Okay. So the required members, and I've, I've got a list that I do not forget because I would forget. The required <laughs> members are the National Association of Social Workers, the Tennessee chapter, the Tennessee Association of Social Workers, the Tennessee School Counseling Asso- Counselor Association, the Tennessee Association of School Nurses, the T- Tennessee Association of School Psychologists. That's a lot of S's. Yes. That's a lot of S's. <laughs> um, and then the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. Okay. Um, so th- And the Department of Ed. So okay. that's, those are the required representatives, representatives. And then we've added to that practicing school counselors, school nurses, school psychologists, and school social workers. Okay. That way if board members... For instance, one of the board members for the school counselor association is not does not work in the public system, mm-hmm. and so just trying to make sure that we have people who are working uh-huh. in the systems also represented. And then we've added to that uh, as well some of our Tennessee Aware State Management folks. And so I don't know if you know what the ten- the Project Aware is, but it's a national pro- project that an Aware is working on awareness of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And they, we have a grant within our state and a state management team that talks about how we're going to use those funds for that grant. And so we have some of those members on our, um, our collaborative as well. And our goal is to really include them in because that grant's going to go away. Mm-hmm. And members of that in- include community members, such as the Suicide Prevention Network, things okay. like that that can have other people who, who support mental health mm-hmm. but not necessarily are always school-based. Okay. Right? So... Um, so is there is there anything that school psychs or other practitioners who aren't official members of the collaborative, is there anything that they can do if they want to support the mission or be involved? Absolutely. There's a couple of different things they can do. So we've asked each of our regional representat- representatives that work, um, that I don't work, they volunteer with TASP. <laughs> um, I'm sure that they would love to get paid, um, but that volunteer to, to always solicit and ask for feedback from their regional folks mm-hmm. in regards to what resources are needed, different topics that are brought up. The the TASP board member um, that represents um, the Tennessee Association of School Psychologists is being is asked, along with all the other board members, um, to go back to their board to talk about what we've talked that what we are proposing from meetings, mm-hmm. and to get their feedback on resources, any type of thing that we produce. What are their thoughts? So there, there's a feedback loop that's occurring, okay. and really those are through those professional associations. Um, Additionally, because we did have several people who wanted to be part of this, we started getting emails from folks asking, can we be part of this collaborative? Mm -hmm. We talked about it as a group. um, And what we decided on is sometimes a lot of voices, it's hard to narrow down how to work forward. So we want to, at this point, just at this point in this stage of where we are now, keep it to a smaller group. And by smaller, it's at least 20 people Mm -hmm. that uh, have representation for the different roles. Um, And so... We're keeping it that smaller group, but we're opening it up to the, to the community at large twice a year to okay. get feedback, um, to help anybody come to meetings so that they can weigh in on different topics and, and share out their thoughts and their views. And our first one of those will be in January. So we're okay. aiming for January 22nd. Okay. Um, we do have a registration link that um, anybody can email me for. Um, and that's at joanna.bivens at tn.gov um, <laughs> in order to get some information. And we're only having people register so we know the numbers to expect. Okay. So anybody really could come. So that's kind of an open meeting. It's an open meeting. Anyone who's interested in mm-hmm. the work of the Mental Health Collaborative yeah. can be there and provide feedback and kind of help guide. Yeah, the... give any input that they'd okay. like on any topic that's brought up. Um, and I think at those meetings, our purpose will be to say, this is our things we've been working on. Mm-hmm. What is your thoughts? What are, would you like to see this? What would you like to weigh in and give feedback on what's been developed? And then what additional supports do you feel like are needed? Um, and we're going to do those in the evenings to, to try to accommodate for people's mm-hmm. work schedules. So I think we said from four to six is when we're going to be doing that. Okay. So have you ever watched Parks and Rec? You know, <laughs> I would like to say yes because oh. I've tried and I've not gotten hooked in yet. Into it. There's all these scenes where they have public forums. Oh, yeah. People talk, and I'm just imagining in my head what if your mental health collaborative public forum yeah. turned into that? You well, should watch you some know, of those episodes. I will have to watch some of those episodes. <laughs> well, we have multiple different public forums. So you're, of I mean, course, any a... time welcome to come because that's what they're for. Yeah. It's a sitcom, so shenanigans mm-hmm. occur. But sure. Let's Always. hope minimal shenanigans. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> 
where um, did you say, and I wasn't listening because I was really focused on Leslie Nope in my head, where the... <laughs> well, that's a good question. We're still trying to find the location okay. for that date. So, okay. um, Do you yeah. think it's going to be in Middle Tennessee? Or? Yeah, Nashville area. Okay. Yeah. That, that's nice for me. Yes. For you, it would be. <laughs> Not for everybody. But we also do try to, um, for those who can't come in, and I don't probably do that for that day as well. Um, if someone really wants to participate and they can't drive in because they're from a different part of the state, mm-hmm. um, we typically open up a, a Zoom line so mm-hmm. people can join in remotely through their computers or phone. Oh, cool. what if they had remote join in for <laughs> Leslie? Nope, too. It would have just been even more shenanigans. Sorry, I'm going to get off the topic. It's of okay. Rec, you but. know, it's, I'm sure it's a great show for you to <laughs> bring in. Oh, gosh. Um, so if you. Is there anything, like, is there any one thing that you wish school psychologists knew about the Mental Health Collaborative or about really anything related to Tennessee? Like, what would you, what would you want them to know? What would you want them to hear? It's a broad question, I know, it's a really broad question. Sorry. Anything in the world (laughs) for you to know. Yeah. Um, Well, about the collaborative, I I honestly just feel like we have so much momentum right now Mm -hmm. to support students that have challenging needs, um, especially in the mental health field. There's been so much stigma in the past about it. Yeah. And I feel like people are really becoming much more open and aware and the stigma is hopefully decreasing significantly. And so, you know, I, I just, I just want to encourage people to not be afraid to step out there. And mm-hmm. I think when we've, t- when I've talked about this with some, with some school psychologists, the biggest thing has been, I don't have time mm-hmm. that my, my schedule's so full. How would I add one more thing onto my schedule? If we talk about scope of practice, it's a scary thing because, um, I'm afraid I'm going to get, be given a lot more to do and I don't mm-hmm. have the, I don't have the ability to do that mm-hmm. right now. Um, so the biggest thing I want to encourage people in is that when we talk about scope of practice, we always, again, talk about that team and, and wherever you're at and knowing your specific district, knowing how they can use you. No one, no one's effective if they're overworked and burned out. And, and I don't think that's the intention by adding one more thing to someone's plate. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of providing the making sure that we are addressing and providing the vehicle for those who have the ability to serve on that team to say, if you have the training, let's let people know what that training mm-hmm. is um, so that we can look at what is our staffing ratio? What is our ability to use the various practices? Where are our strengths in this district? Who, mm-hmm. who are our resources? Mm-hmm. And if we don't have internal resources, then maybe it's fostering external resources to come in and, mm-hmm. and assist. We do have several districts who do that, where they have MOUs or memorandums of understanding with mm-hmm. outside agencies mm-hmm. that come in and provide mental health services. So, you know, there's a variety of ways to do that. But I think the biggest thing I'd say is don't let fear get in the way. Mm-hmm. And um, keep in mind that um, maybe not right now is an available time for you, but might be, maybe it's in the future. And then there are other school sites who have the ability and the mm-hmm. time to do that um, and, and can get involved um, in, in, the, in that area. And that we really want to be able to, to not get so boxed in to one thing if you have the ability and the desire to do more. Yeah. So just opening up more opportunities for... Yeah. A, a different kind of role other than what kind of seems yeah, like Yeah, and I would say an expanded role. Yeah. Right? And, and not everyone's going to have that expanded role mm-hmm. in their district because it really is district 
decisions and mm-hmm. it's based on what right. what they have the availability to do and the resources that mm-hmm. they have. Right. Um, but know that, you know, that, that there is training there. And, and I would encourage um, the professional associations to and continue to look at professional development that broadens people's skill sets and enables mm-hmm. people enables um, those those skill sets to develop more. Mm-hmm. And looking at the national trainings, and looking at workshops, and, yeah. and that kinds of thing. Yeah, Taylor and I have spent a lot of time reading and thinking and writing about advocacy for school psychologists, mm-hmm. and it seems like everything that the Mental Health Collaborative has been doing has like it, it all goes so nicely with all the things that we've been trying to do with talking to legislators about changing the BEP funding formula and trying to get better ratios in Mm -hmm. school. So it seems like, you know, that's what our last podcast episode was on. And this all really dovetails really Mm -hmm. nicely with that. Wouldn't you say Taylor? I agree. Yeah. So this is a, another inside the podcast plug for Taylor's task advocacy work group. (laughs) If anyone is super jazzed after hearing Joanna talk about all the cool things that the mental health collaborative are doing, you should reach out to Taylor and get involved in the advocacy side of things, too, with TASP. Yes, please do. We are always looking for members for the Legislative Activity Committee or the Government and Policy Relations Committee. We, um, we're we working on our, our branding currently, but <laughs> regardless, <laughs> we need you. So um, please let me know if you are at all curious about doing more about that. Now, that's a perfect transition place, Taylor. Is it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, Joanna, we also wanted to make sure we talked about the PI conference that's coming up in January. um, Because I know that's kind of your department's, like, big event. Shindig, if you will. Shindig, yes. Yeah, that's a good word. Um, So, can you tell us kind of briefly for people who may not know, like, what is the PI conference? We're assuming we're not eating there. Not eating pie. Although, you know, <laughs> you might find pie somewhere. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, so catering. like, kind of what, what is... Certain points. What is the PI conference? <laughs> uh, PI stands for Partners in Education, and it, it's bringing together people from various roles um, for a conference on education. So it started off, I think, as a bridge trying to bring in special education and general education and being partners together in our in our educational field. It's become a huge conference mm-hmm. over the past few years. Um, I think we had over 2,000 people at wow. the last, Whoa. Um, last conference. Wow. So when is the PI conference? It's January 29th to the 31st. Okay, wonderful. Yes. So that's pretty soon. It is pretty soon. We have some great um, keynote speakers. Oh. I don't know if you have the, the list pulled up. Um, I do have the list. You and do you have like fifteen presentations, <laughs> oh. Joanna. <laughs> Not that many, but there are a lot. It seemed like when Taylor and I were scrolling through the list last weekend, every name was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, there's another one by Joanna Vivens." <laughs> Got a little ambitious this year. I might regret that. So if you come to one of my sessions, hopefully I'm going to be full of energy. I'm just looking at the keynote speakers, and I. I'm so excited. Yeah, I know I heard an intake so, there. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Temple Grandin is speaking oh. on Thursday. Um, Jerry Brooks is speaking on Wednesday. So he's the um, he's a principal that does the like short YouTube videos mm-hmm. about t- teachers. He's very funny. Um, and then Tuesdays is Dr. Rosemary Allen. Mm-hmm. And um, Monday, the pre-conference speaker is LaDeric Horn. So um, that's, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you've 
had the pleasure of coming to Pi at all in the past. Um, but I feel like every year we've ha- when we've had keynote speakers, they, they honestly, they're almost the highlight of my year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're usually really, That's really a big strong. statement for it being in January. Too. I know. <laughs> the rest oh, of your year is good, really is downhill. <laughs> Maybe it's from year to year. I think this was really good last year. Yeah. <laughs> it stands out. Like, it'll tack it's on to 2018. Yeah. yeah. It, like, inspires you for the year, gets you ready to go. And, yeah. That's I've really good. enjoyed the keynotes. Yeah, yes. you're selling it well. So you would overall recommend then that school psychologists attend? I, I absolutely would recommend it. It's a good cross-section of attendees uh, between special education teachers, special education supervisors, mm-hmm. school psychologists, mm-hmm. general education teachers, principals, administrators of all sorts. So yeah, it's a really good cross-section of people who attend. Now, I know this is a very broad question because mm-hmm. we only ask you very broad, difficult questions. <laughs> what kind of sessions are they in general? Like what kind of things can people expect to be covered? So the sessions will range um, from multi-tiered system of supports, systems of support, just kidding, for academic and non-academic area. Those are those are two of the, of the key ones that, that we'll focus on. And then they range from things like early childhood to post-secondary readiness for student success. Uh, for students with disabilities, and then um, all the way up to um, special education as a continuum, thinking about the most intensive need for services, inclusive practices, culturally inclusive practices, early literacy. So it, there's a there's a wide spectrum mm-hmm. um, of of different sessions, mm-hmm. and they're broken down into strands so that we can see. Um, to make sure we have a, a good representation across the board in, in all those different strands. Would you say it's more like theoretical or practice focused? We, or both? Those who present are typically a lot of people. There are partners in education, right? Mm-hmm. So it's people who are in the field. So, for example, I do believe, I could be wrong, that there may be two other people who are presenting at PI, sitting at this table. You got us. Taylor and I do have a (laughs) presentation at PI this year. Yeah. Yeah. So Kate and I will be talking about um, progress monitoring behavior. So um, Actually, with our school social worker, With our school social worker. We're being very collaborative. Plugging the mental health. Yeah. I love it. Um, Yeah. So we're really excited about that. I have presented in a a statewide conference before, so I think that'll be really cool. I'm excited, Um, too. I've never been to PI. I've also heard heard that you, Joanna Bivens, are giving like 400 different sessions. So can you tell us a little bit about what you'll be talking about? Well, there are quite a few. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Well, I will have a session on the Mental Health Collaborative. Okay. Um, and I'm hopefully going to be able to bring in some of the members so they can talk a little bit about their roles and, and, and what they do. Um, and then we will also have some sessions on um, the specific learning disability evaluation practices. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to make that broad enough so that if you're not a school psychologist, it's still applicable because school psychologists are not the only ones involved in that evaluation process. That's very true. We mm-hmm. have team members that include parents, general education teachers, special education teachers, right? They're, they're all involved, RTI interventionists. Um, and then I'll have a session on... What is my other session on? Dyslexia and special <laughs> education. I'm partnering with our um, reading specialist for special education on that, as well as our SLP. And then I have a session on 
the 1% alternate assessment and mm-hmm. making some good decision making. You're speaking my language. I know. I'm, really, I'm that, really excited about that uh, one. Eligibility. I think that one's really needed. Uh, it's incredibly needed right now. So I'm partnering with our low incidence coordinator. Um, she really talks about the instructional decision making when it comes to is this the best fit based on the student's individualized learning. And then I talk more about the criteria around significant cognitive disabilities. You know I'm going to cry now if that one is opposite when Taylor and I are presenting and I can't come. Mm. <laughs> well, you might. You could possibly ask for a private tutoring session. You might get it. Maybe um, that'll be our next podcast. There you go. Assessment. That yes. would actually be kind of cool. That would yeah. actually kinda yeah. be cool. That would um, be good. So for anyone who hasn't yet signed up for Pi Conference, if you – the the um, website is not like a simple one. So I'm just going to tell you to Google Pi Conference 2019. And then that's like kind of the first thing that pops up. If you are curious, want to know more, want to see a picture of Temple Grandin and print it out and frame it um, like I might do because she's super cool. Um, or if you want to register, that's how you can do that. And just to be clear, that's Pi like the yummy thing you eat, not Pi like the weird mathematical <laughs> Correct. number. P-I-E. Partners in Education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Um, so is there anything final that you um, wanted to talk to us about today that you weren't able to or um, anything else before we sign off? Um, I'm not really sure aside from the fact that there's been some beautiful chocolate here that I've not been able to eat this whole time. <laughs> I'm really looking no forward crinkling. to eating at least no, no, no wrappers coming off. Um, and just how much I, I really appreciate you guys for for hosting this this podcast and for for taking time on your off uh, schedule <laughs> to really get in there and support school psychologists well, across the you. state. I mean, we are high five across the table. Yeah, so. high five, high five yes. each other. We, That's um, needed among all school psychologists right now. It's just to to yeah. really get in there and, and and jump in on the work. Yeah, well, we have a really good time doing it, so it's a lot of fun, and we really appreciate you coming all the way out here to Kate's house and um, talking to us today. So we really appreciate you being here. Thank Can you. I ask you one more really broad question? Sure. I'm a little scared, but go for it. <laughs> so like Taylor said at the beginning of the podcast, we all have our different expertise. Mm-hmm. So when you were in a more traditional role, what was your thing that you were super into? Um, Did you have behavior one? was behavior? one of the bigger... Th- yeah, I loved... because I was very blessed in that... Um, I was in a school, the last two years I was in a school setting, I was in a school of only 450-something students. Wow. And that wow. was the that was the school that I served. That was the only school I served. So um, you worked in heaven. Yes. <laughs> I was in heaven. Um, and, and had a wonderful school environment. The culture was, was great, great principal, great supports, great school counselors, social workers, all that kind of stuff. Um, and saying that... Um, we definitely had our fair share of behavior cases. And so because I was in one school, the amount of testing I did was not as mm-hmm, high. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely tested students and, and evaluated for disabilities, but I, that was not primarily what I did mm-hmm. um, at that point anymore. I really supported teachers and I really was able to jump in and help do behavioral interventions to help write plans, to do help write the or help conduct FBAs. Mm-hmm. Um, and to problem solve and to help analyze data and collect the progress monitoring data yeah. for um, for students who are on behavior plans mm-hmm. and do fidelity checks. So it was it was more hands on, and mm-hmm. that's what I loved. Yeah, um, I love the problem solving nature of that and yeah. being able to see because what 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 works for one may not work for another student. For so sure. really being able to get in there and see how can we best support this child. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good answer. I like that. Thanks. (laughs) I approve. Okay, our special wrap-up paragraph here, Taylor. Yeah, um, we just want to thank, again, Joanna for coming here and for all of you guys for listening today. Um, If you have any comments or questions, please send us a tweet at taskonline. Um, We're looking for suggestions for future podcasts or if you would like to be our resident expert we'd love to have you or if you want to nominate a resident expert from your friend group Mm -hmm. we accept all sorts of nominations um and you can also email kate at kwprice04 at gmail.com and we take questions comments or if you want to send us any compliments we'll take those too um and we also like to thank Kate's lovely dogs, our interns, Andy and Opie, for being very quiet today. And to Bert for all his hard work with the sound engineering and the original music. Thanks. See you guys later. Bye.